Good morning, afternoon, and evening, Supercoach Elitist. Welcome back to our second Quick Fire podcast. My name's Corey, and we're going with a new intro. Bombs Express. Choo choo. That's why Corey, mate. The Bombs Express is back, mate. I couldn't be more excited today to speak about. Uh, obviously, my mob Carlton, but I'm sure you're probably excited to speak about your mob Collingwood. So let's get stuck into that. But before we get the opportunity to do that. Corey, where can the listeners hit us up on social media? Uh, find us on Twitter at SC Elite. Find us on Facebook, iTunes, um, and SoundCloud at Supercoach Elites. And as always, on our website at www.supercoachelites.com. I'm just excited to talk about Brett's team while he's, uh, you know, not here again. <laughs> officially been cut off the podcast and cut from my life and everything else. So. See, the beauty of never having Brett in your life, Corey, is that now I don't have to cut him. Yeah, see? Makes, a, makes things easier. I, I had a plan. I had a plan. Okay, so we've got... Um, you've, re- you've requested this week that we speak... Uh, what was it? 35 minutes on Carlton and 5 minutes on Collingwood. So well, 35 weeks. Yeah, yeah, we're breaking it down there. Um, <laughs> yeah, look, let's just get straight into it because we're going to need a while. So, Bumps, kick us off with Carlton. Just for those who don't know, podcasts drop Tuesdays, Thursdays, and Sundays, um, bringing you two teams each week, the rookie, the mid-pricer, and the primo. I won't go through the brackets. Just go listen to the first podcast if you haven't. (laughs) Bumps, get us underway with Carlton. Are we going rookies first? That's what we're doing. Now, the amount of rookies here on option is insane. It's fair to say. And it's unju- I think we need to speak about three because I think three teams, they're going to be three Carlton players. We are all going to start with come round one. But uh, as usual, I'll kind of have to rein everything in and kind of speak within, uh, within whatever we've got here going on the podcast. So I'm going to start and with my absolute lock. And I don't give a two hoots that he's 100k worth, he's 100,000 uh, more than some of the other uh, rookies there. But Sam Walsh. This is a guy you absolutely cannot, categorically cannot run the season without starting. This is a man. Now, I'm going to hit you with some quotes. And look, some of you may have read it uh, yesterday when I I dropped the article on Sam Walsh. Um, But some of the things that have been said about him, been labelled Mr. Perfect by, uh, well, he he was, boy, I don't know why you're laughing. Mr. Perfect is what his peers in his draft year labelled him. I'm pretty sure um, Cade Simpson get that quote from you. No, that wasn't Cade Simpson. That was, was his it? peers. Uh-huh. These were these were the fellas he got drafted with in 2018. Uh-huh. If you want to know what Cade Simpson, no. If you want to know what Cade Simpson said, Cade Simpson said, "I'm yet to see a weakness." To be honest, and that's quote unquote. Now I'm telling you now, you've got a guy like Cade Simpson on air on record saying, "I'm yet to see a weakness." To be honest. He's a serious athlete. I'll tell you now, there's absolutely no way you cannot start study without him. I have not heard so much hype around a number one draft pick since God knows when. You have a look at the last six or seven uh, number one picks, and probably the best of them, you'd have to say, is Lockie Whitfield. And, and that's only because of the last couple of years. I mean, there was no hype like this around him whatsoever. He is an absolute machine, this guy. He, he just gets the ball at will. He's got a contested possession rate, pardon me, of, well, on average from all his games last year, 44.5%, which is huge. They want help for Paddy Cripps. And I'll tell you why he's an absolute lock, Corey. Why, Bobs? 
because the previous few number one draft picks who have been midfielders, and we look at Cam Rayner, where did he play? Forward line. Who was before that? Andrew McGrath, where did he play? Half back. What did they average? McGrath 70-odd, Cam Rayner in the 60s. This guy here is going straight into the midfield. Now, I did a little bit of digging. I did a little bit of research. And and not since, you know, way back uh, when David Swallow was a number one draft pick, has a player averaged over 79 from, from a number one draft pick in his first season. Not only is he going to eclipse that, but he may even be a top eight midfielder by season's end. There is absolutely no way you cannot run the year without him. Could do an absolute LDU on you here. <laughs> no, he won't. No, court, I'm, I'm, I'm telling you now. Barring injury, he's the biggest lock you've seen. 207,000. You can't pass this up. We've got a midfielder who's going to be playing midfield from the get-go. Um, look, I've got all these other quotes here because pretty much, you know, I've got a, I've got a texter. Dad's not too impressed with me because I've, I've got a perm marker and texters all over my walls. I've just been writing pre-season quotes about uh, Sam Walsh all over, me, all over my house here. It's an absolute mess. Um, you know, Bolton's just saying things like, gee, I'm surprised, you know, his, his mind's kind of still in the frame it is as, as, sorry, as where he was kind of day one because he's expecting him just to get mind fatigue. He is that set on football. He is that set on preparation. They've never seen anything like this before. Dangerfield last year said this guy's the new Joel Sullwood. No, he is the one and only Sam Walsh. He's not the new Joel. He's better than Joel Sullwood. He hasn't even played a game of football yet. No, I can't disagree with you because I've I've got him in my team at the moment. I'm I, I think that he is going to have a great year. I think he is going to impress, and yeah, I'm, I'm probably not as passionate about him as you are. Oh, <laughs> um, I'll tell you, I'm getting excited, mate. Yeah. I'm getting excited. I'd pay three hundred thousand for him this year. Oh, I don't honestly, I would. Dangerfield um, said this is a bloke. Danger said last year, right? This is a bloke that could be playing in the Geelong midfield when he was 17. Now, think about it. They've got Dangers, Selwood, Ablett, Duncan, Menegola. These are all players that are averaging around 100. And he could have been playing in that midfield cause. He's an absolute lock. I'm pretty sure isn't half of Carlton's team playing through the midfield this year. Well, I mean, that's because they started the year with no midfielders apart from Paddy Crew. <laughs> and I see much. Um, no, Michael Gibbons, mate. Let's let's move on. 102k. I think we've been given a gift here. Uh, all reports that he's killing the train track. I know there's been a lot of hype with him. You see, some people love him, some people hate him, especially all over social media. There's some people saying he's not going to get a game. Um, but these are his last three years in the VFL. So 2016, average 29.5 disposals. 2017, 25.6, and 2018, 28.4. Tackle tackle numbers too, 4.8, 5.2, and 5.7 for those years, respectively. I just think we're getting a player who's really matured. We've seen the AFL system change a lot over the last couple of years where, where players are being thrown a lot of lifelines. Tim Kelly last year come from the waffle, absolutely destroyed it. Um, we've had a couple more in previous past. Who else we had? Gone blanky. Oh, gee, so I mean, but it's been that many, and it all yeah. started with Barlow and Isaac Smith and, and Connor and... 
and it was Hill, I think, even as well, a uh, mature age pick. But it all kind of started, you know, back eight to ten years ago. So we've got this huge trend, and, and it's working. I think Carlton need a player like Gibbons, even if he can go in that midfield and, and you know, play like an Ed Kernow run with roll, just someone to be able to chop him out, go up forward and put a bit of defensive pressure on there. I think we will get uh, uh, Gibbons from round one. Um, from all reports, that even before he was actually added to the list, he was killing it. So, anything else to add on him? There's no way he doesn't line up in round one, and he is going to have a significant impact uh, for Carlton this year. Who is the other one you wanted to talk about, Setterfield? Well, I mean, we won't talk about him, but we'll put him as a special mention, and that's Setterfield. Yeah. And um, I think we'll, we'll sh- we should all be starting Setterfield, um, Gibbons and Walsh sort of come season start. Well, did, we, did I hear properly that there was maybe something a little bit wrong with Setterfield? So he's, he's returning from his ACL injury, um, but he's just rejoined kind of the main group. Um, so he'll be touch and go for round one, but I think he's more likely to play than, than unlikely. And again, this is someone else who... Um, you know, if you want me to just have a little glance at my uh, bedroom wall here and have a look at some of the quotes I've had written up here, someone that they uh, have been speaking very, very positively about again this preseason. We're going to see others as well. We're going to see Liam Stocker at some stage, I'm sure of it as well. Um, there's been a lot of talk around uh, Tom Williamson, but I'm not um, that convinced on him. I, I don't think we're going to see him a lot this year, to be honest. Maybe 10 games. Um, but I, I think there's going to be a lot of Carlton uh, kind of rookies that'll float in and out of our teams at some stage through the year. Going to go with your mid pricer. I will go. I'll go straight to the mid prices here. And now this is one who. Now last year I probably got given a little bit of slack because I mentioned him at some point early on in the year because he had a really good start. Don't know if you remember who I'm talking about here, cause. But his name is Zach Fisher. Oh, that that was mine. Was it yours? <laughs> yeah. Well, no, I'm, I'm glad. I'm glad that's yours. Because he went from a 47 average in year one to a 72 average in year two. And I'll tell you now, it would not surprise me to see him kind of see that 90-plus uh, average next year. This is someone who I think people at Carlton, and, I, and I'll tell you now, they talk about Dow, they talk about Petrovsky season, they talk about freaking Marchbank and Weed. This is the one that goes absolutely under the radar and he's the one here that I think is going to be a significant part and better than all of them. And, and Zach Fisher, he's got elite speed. Um, he's very good in close in traffic. He gets a lot of contested possessions despite his frame as well, actually. And he's got a very, very good kick on him. Midford eligible around the 390k. I stood clear a few days ago of saying, you know, I'm going to stay away from players that I think could end up being kind of in that top bracket. But this is someone who's going to kind of play pure midfield. And I think potentially we could be seeing him as a top 10 forward. I I think that he'll break into the a, a full-time midfield role this year. He's classed. He got drafted in the AFLX, didn't he? He did, yeah, in, in Paddy Cripps' team. What a laugh. Isn't it that uh, Jack Rewalt's teammate? Paddy Cripps. Well, is, we it? all know Paddy Cripps is the real lead down there, mate. No, no, what a laugh. Um, yeah, so I, I've got high hopes for him. I think he's going to be good. I think he's a very good player too. and Still so young. It, it's not this year. It'll, it'll be the next couple. But um, I think he's definitely going to be a, a part of that future Carlton resurgence. Um, I'll go Nick Newman then. And I'm not totally sold on him, but I think someone's got to go play off that halfback flank. I think even if he's not playing off that halfback flank, he's so versatile that he can play on the wing. Man, he can even play go up and play on the forward flank too. So, um, 
I know there's a lot of people out there, especially early, that had high raps on Nick Newman. Um, by all reports, he's killing it on the training track too. Um, Ed Kernow's a bit... F- uh, Charlie Kernow, sorry. Is it- no, Ed Kernow. Jeez, can't even get me Kernow's right. Ed Kernow's a big fan of him. So, uh, yeah, I-, I think Nick Newman's going to tear down the house. And he's the one that I think... You are talking about Williamson before. I think um, uh, Nick Newman is a... Kind of, remember Carlton plays. I think mm. Nick Newman's the the definite start off that halfback flank for the Blues this year, and it's his to lose. Mm. I, look, I agree with that. Primo, Primo. Well, I mean, yeah. Gee, I wish I was talking about Sam Doherty right now, and it kind of yeah. I'm actually my mood's actually a little bit altered now that I can't speak about him. But look, it has to be no other than Paddy Cripps. Uh, absolutely, now that Tom Mitchell has gone down, he for me becomes the number one scoring player this season. Um, don't care if people think he's going to play more forward line. Don't care if people say he needs more help. Because if he gets more help, Carlton win more ball. This is my theory, Corey. Oh, if Carlton won the ball if Carlton won the ball fifty times, right? Paddy Cripps won at thirty five. If Carlton all of a sudden win the ball sixty five times, Paddy Cripps still wins the ball thirty five times. Not to mention I know you're going on a tangent here, he's mine as well. So not to mention the link up chains that the development of players like Dow and Fisher and and you know, Walsh to a lesser extent are gonna apply with that, that quick run and carry. Yeah. He he is in is insanely contested. We know that. He had fifty eight and a half percent of his uh, ball last year was contested possessions, which equated to seventeen contested possessions a game. That's huge. Um, obviously, needs to work on his kicking, his field kicking. Um, however, in saying that, um, his retention from the ball he does have is seventy percent, which is actually right on uh, kind of the the midfielders in the comp right on average. Um, he doesn't get a lot of meters gained, obviously, because of the handballs. Um, so, but I mean, that's not necessarily a bad thing because his kicking skills aren't the best. But what we get from him is just pure numbers. Pure contested possessions, tackles, clearances. Uh, you know, think about any time Carlton scored, he would have been involved in the chain because they couldn't have started moving the ball forward without him. He's an absolute machine. And I think when, you know, Carlton improve as a team, I, d- I don't think that's going to because that's going to be because of Paddy Cripps either doing a little bit less or a little bit more. He's just going to do Paddy Cripps things. And it's going to be because other players are doing a hell of a lot more around him. Um, look, I, I, I don't know about you, but I even feel that at his price at six six forty eight, like I even think that's a little bit unders. He scores, uh, yeah, yeah, especially the way he can't like he finished the season as well. He's got that was so huge. Look, he's four seasons, um, and exclude his first season, we only played a couple games, average thirty nine. But the full season average after that, 96, 107, 97, 119. This is huge, man. This is absolutely huge. And this could be anything. This could be anything from 115 to 135. I'm that confident on it. I'm not that concerned about his body um, because, you know, football's football. And if you're out in the field, then you're going to get hits no matter kind of what you do. Um, And just go out and pick him. There's, There's no other way around it. Have you uh, had him out of your team? No. Not, not once? No, never once. Yeah, neither have I. Um, especially in that midfield. It's been him and Lockie Neal. They've just been absolutely locked in there. And Kelly too. Yeah, Kelly and Oliver. I have not. Yeah. Uh, Oliver was in and out because I, re- I honestly got Oliver for five just recently. Yeah. 
But yeah, there's no way we'll start with our Cripper. I think no. he'll end up being almost a VCC option almost every week. Yeah, easy. And particularly to start the year when we're not confident on, you know, who's in form and all that sort of stuff, the the danger Crips kind of combo to start the year is a good way to go. Yeah, potent. All right, uh, Pies, you can kick us off because I don't want to steal your thunder. No, that's okay. And look, it's probably because I don't know the depth of the Collingwood list as, as well as I kind of know the Carlton list, to be honest. But where I'm going to go is to Isaac Quainer, the first pick last year from the Pies. So um, a little... It, this is the guy that kind of looks like a Lumumba, is he not? He's yeah. kind of got that Lumumba look about him. You mean uh, Harry O'Brien? Harry O'Brien, Lumumba, whatever he's called these days. Um, um, talking about yeah. the same dude, though. So, um, look, taking a pick 13, um, he's, he's listed as a, as a general defender, so he could be someone who's got the ability there to kind of get all those intercept possessions, but particularly start um, sort of those um, chains out of defence as well. He's contested possession rate as well for a... A general defender is really, really high. He, he ranks in at 43.5% um, at the under-18 champs last year through the TAC Cup at 44% contested. The the percentage of contested possessions for a general defender in the AFL is only 30. So he's riding significantly above that. And I, and I think that's that's a really good thing. Um, you know, it, I think it does a good thing for the Collingwood team as well because, you know, maybe it releases Crisp a little bit more and, and kind of things like that. Um, I think they've got a steal here, the Pies, at, at pick number 13, um, and he's a big, big unit. You can just tell by the look of him that you're ready to, he's ready to kind of go from, from round one. And all reports early is that uh, he's well on the way to debut in round one, and at 153K, I think that's just an automatic selection for us. I'm going to go real left of field here, and I'm going to go to Bosanovo Alagi. Now, there's not too many people who would know about this man, and I'm almost certain that I have absolutely butchered his name there. Um, but Atu Bosson Atu's his first name. Atu's his first name. Oh, God. Yep. Now, he was picked very, very late in the 2018 draft. Um, still young. Played well in the TAC Cup last year. Um, finished third. Well, equal placed equal third in the Morish Medal, um, but the thing with him is he's all reports him and Quainer have been impressing early in the preseason. So Collingwood were a very hard team to find one that was going to be a bit of a cash cow. I could have copped the easy, done the easy cop out and gone and picked up um, Darcy Moore, who I think's going to, you know, play off that halfback. But I don't think he's going to be scoring too well. So this is uh, this is one to keep an eye on and could make a debut at some stage this year. The problem with the Pies is it's a pretty stacked list, and I think it's going to be hard for rookies to get in. The other one I did like too was Rupert Mills. Uh, Wills. Rupert Wills. Yeah. But, um, I think you're Braden right. Given, took him over. Given Boston Value Lugi, or whatever his name is, uh, the, the AB, let's just call him AB. Given, uh, given AB's kind of, you know, what he's kind of listed as and what he was drafted as, is that high half forward, you'd think that's one area that Collingwood really don't have any sort of problems in terms of lack of depth. Yeah, you know, you've got your Hoskin Elliots, you've got your Jamie Elliots who they're trying to get onto the park. You, you know, you picked up Stevenson after you slotted in there beautifully. You've got a million players that um, that you can kind of just rattle off that run through that area there. You've got, you know, obviously there's, uh, what's his name, uh, Dugowie, uh Britta's boy. Um, there's a lot of players there. Um, Crocky, Crocker, Dacos, um, who was that other father-son that's been getting a few games? Uh, Brown as Brown. well. There's a lot of players that kind of run through. Well. 
Yeah, there's, there's a lot of players that kind of run throughout the area. So, look, if he can get a chance, he must be really highly rated to kind of push through some of those names. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm, I was just trying to find a diamond in the rough, you know. Yeah. Boss, so, hey, um, it'll happen. Yeah, see what we can get. Pick 77. In the 2018 national draft, so so who knows? Could get a game this year, may not. But in all reports, he's, he's impressing early in the season, uh, in the preseason, I should say. The midfielders, the, the midfielders, God me, I can't talk the today, mate. I should just you just want to run this podcast on your own. Or? Well, I mean, if you want me to, so we can talk about the premiums now here for the pies, and you probably said midfielders because they've got about fucking six of them. I was going to say mid-prices. Mid-prices. Oh, mid-prices. I'm going way off. No, no, no. I said midfielders. I meant mid-prices. Oh, you said (laughs) (laughs) Well, then I've got an idea. I'm going to be controversial. I'm going to say that there is no mid-price worth picking from the time of football club. The entire team is either premium or rookie. Honestly, anyone worthy of a selection. I mean, you're not going to go out and pick Lyndon Dunn or Mason Cox or you know, Dacos or Goldsack and, you know, Will Hoskinelli. You're not going to pick any of these kind of players, are you? Yeah. Every other player that's available that you would actually consider would be already priced uh, kind of 450k or above, uh, in in my opinion. So can I be controversial and not pick one? Of course you can. If I was going to go real left of field, it'd be uh, Braden Sire. Um, I, I don't even know where Scharenberg's at when he's due back yet. Yeah, I should probably have, should have had a look at that. But um, yeah, it would be Sire. But that's at four thirty-five k. It's too much. The midfield is way too deep for him to go into. So if you are playing with the Collingwood players, just stay away from the mid prices. Um, primos. No. Primos, well, this, this is the thing. Now we've got about 100. Um, well, that's why I thought you said midfielders, because, you know, we could pick Trelaw, Sidebottom, uh, Beams, Pendles. Uh, you know, who else is there to pick? Well, we've got plenty. Well, um, we could but, have a bit of a play there. Who would you pick? Well, out of those four, I would be picking Bain. And Adams as well. Put Adams in there, too. Yeah, Adams, of course, as well, yeah. 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 So, I, mean, I knew I'd forget someone. Um, it's, it's a huge midfield full of premiums. If I had to pick one, it has to be Dane Beams. So Dane Beams is someone that oh, I just love as a footballer. Um, and especially for Supercoach, I've got a lot more Supercoach love for Beams because we had him available as a forward um, you know, several years ago now. And um, he was kind of paired up there with, with Rocky, and I picked him early. And I'm oh, oh, sorry, no, not with Rocky, with Sidebottom. And I've just been so happy with Beams because I was – a big fan of him when he was a forward all those years ago. He, but he's um, the perfect kind of supercoach player because everything he does is attackive. Oh, it's great. Kicks goals, inside 50s, huge boot. Like, that, that was Dane Beams. Yeah, yeah. And, and he hits the scoreboard so well. We've seen this guy kick five goals, six goals multiple times in a game. And, um, look, I, I know the other day on the podcast cause you, you had a little go at Has for... Um, you know, saying that, you know, his article on Naismith was all a little bit uh, self-indulgent in terms of he was, you know, seeing him at a bar or whatever. But the old Beanbox, don't worry about that, mate. Did I share a beer or two with him at a, at a wedding uh, not too long ago? So, again, I, I can't move past him now, probably because I feel like I'm famous because, uh, yeah, well, I had a beer with him. Good bloke. Oh, re- absolute rip, I'd say. I was off me absolute head too, and I've just, I've just kind of yelled it out to him from across. I'm like, hey, Beamer, mate, can we get a photo? Like an absolute drunk. Whacked, and he's come over, and I'll tell you now, he was one of the nicest blokes, real polite, um, just super keen for a chat. He was 
he just looked real happy to be down here in Melbourne, man. And that can only be good for him personally. But I think we can all agree that the better we are doing as individuals, we'll see better output kind of on the football field. And, and maybe that's what we'll see from Dane Beams. Maybe we'll finally see him uh, return to that kind of 115 average that he hasn't been able to hit since 2015. Drink responsibly. Um, do you rate Chris at all in defence? I, th- I feel like we've got that many options at the moment that Crisp is the guy that will, that will round out the defence for me. I think there are so many other players you'd pick a- ahead of him. Um, but, no, I mean, I wouldn't start the year with him. Could be great with Ben coming in, his running carry, just being locked into that halfback flank. Yeah. Um, I think the primo that's the biggest lock and yeah. most non-negotiable for me right now is Brody Grundy. Agreed. I mean... <laughs> Do yourself a favour and just go look at his scores. I'm not going to read them all out from last year. But <laughs> my God, his price is 708k. Started the season nice and cheap last year. But you've just got another midfielder in the ruck. And when you're palming the ball down to a midfield like that, it's just crazy. crazy. I've, got a, um, I've got a question for you. Yeah. And I mean, this is, and I mean, purely, not purely, sorry, but mostly we have um, a bit more of a league focus to our podcast yep. but someone like Brody Grundy if you were in a draft league how high would he go uh, top three yeah it's interesting yeah, because he wasn't even he was the number one or number two. he was the number one scoring player last year um, yeah number one scoring player and the question the is can he back that up but in the rough I would pick above him in a draft league right now would be Patrick Dangerfield and purely for the fact that you got him as a forward. Yeah. Um, keeper leagues, though, you could argue that he would almost be one of the most... He would want to be be one of the most important picks in a keeper league. Oh, Just for based sure. on his age and what he can do. Um, the worry always is the, the history of Ruckman and how hard it is to repeat, but I don't think we've had a bloke that's this mobile... And energetic and genuinely loves life and loves the game like Brody Grundy does. Yeah. Um, who do you just I know this is completely off question, but Max Gorn solo versus Brody Grundy solo this year. Gorn. Gorn. Yeah. yeah cool. Injury free Gorn. Um, Grundy, twenty four years of age. I mean, he's gonna be twenty five relatively soon. Or he might even be twenty five now. As we go on and do the potty, I don't have his exact birthday on me, but. 25 at some stage this year. Yeah. <laughs> um, but 25 at some stage this year, gee, it's, uh, look, Ruckman don't hit their peak until they're about 28. So um, I think he'd just be locked in for our 2019, 2020, and 21 coaches. I would call So scary. But, yep. Uh, look, that's it. Nothing else to add? No, no, no. Beautiful. All right, latest, um, on behalf of the Bonds Express and myself, uh, peace out, community, and thanks for listening.